Good morning, guys. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. These are interesting times that we're uh, living in right now. Still in restricted uh, social distancing. Uh, and we are coming live to you today remotely. Uh, this morning, I'm coming to you from my mobile office, my truck. I'm out uh, on the job site working today. Uh, Phil will be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, thank you so much to Jeff and Jeff, who do the sound and audio at C Spire every week. They are hooking us up, doing this uh, live remote broadcast. I will say that we've had a little technical difficulty with Phil, but they are working through it right now. Uh, he will be joining us shortly from his home in uh, Fairhope, Alabama, where he has a couple of guys gathered on his back patio, uh, social distancing again, six feet apart, sipping coffee this morning, and he'll be teaching live to them as he comes to us with the C Spire Roundtable Thursday morning. Thanks so much to C Spire for hosting this and uh, Jeff and Jeff for what they do in, in uh, bringing this to us uh, this week and what's going to be looks like uh, for a few more weeks um, until uh, the authorities tell us that we can gather back together uh, and ceasefire allows us to come back in the building. But until then, we'll continue to do this remotely. Let me uh, draw your attention to uh, the menstable.com website. Uh, if you're there and you've logged in by that means to, to join us this morning, or if you log in later to watch the podcast, right above that link to the podcast is a link for this week's handout. Uh, if you do not have it or if you have access to it and you have a printer, if you want to go ahead and print that out, you can follow along like you do every week as Phil uh, works through this this day's lesson uh, on the wilderness as we continue in this wilderness. Um, Phil and I talked a little bit last week after we did the, the remote, and uh, I, I think it's it's interesting that, that he started this series on the wilderness uh, and then we wind up where we are right now in a true wilderness season that we can all appreciate and all see uh, as we are uh, doing this social distancing with everything that we come in contact with and trying to be careful and taking care of our friends and families. Uh, Phil is so effective in this presentation of the wilderness series and this coronavirus that I've requested that he do a future series shortly it would be great if we did it this summer or this fall on um wealth uh since he's doing so well with the wilderness i thought maybe he would he would uh, do a series on wealth and we might just be abundantly blessed uh in in wealth as he works through that series but in all seriousness we uh we could do continue to to work through the wilderness series uh phil's lesson this morning is uh going to be a blessing to you i know guys i want to encourage you if uh, if you have not been in contact with those that may be sitting close to you or near you uh, during the roundtable meetings at Ceasefire, I would ask that you reach out to those guys just to touch base with them. Keep our community link in place. Uh, let them know that you're okay, or if you have needs, please share those uh, and, and reach out to those guys that, that sit near you. I hope this morning that you have your Bible and your journal. Uh, as we start uh, today's lesson on the wilderness. Let me open this with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here. While it may be remotely through a broadcast, Lord, I know that um, 
your hand may be upon all of us. In this situation where our government officials and health department uh, people, hospital, nurses, medical staff, those that are helping combat the coronavirus are stretching themselves to limits that are beyond what we would normally ask a person to do. Lord, I pray that you would be with those people. Um, guide them, Lord, in the decisions that they make with our president, with Congress, as they work through these uh, congressional acts of uh, helping people recover from being temporarily, hopefully, uh, prayerfully uh, displaced from work, family members that may be sick, and the healthcare professionals that are working to uh, help people recover from this terrible virus. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. All right, Phil, All right. you're on. Guys, good morning from wherever you are. Hopefully uh, in a safe place. Uh, we're having to adjust on the run as we all are uh, in all our different circumstances. Uh, but, uh, great sound work uh, through my phone. So I'm uh, holding my phone, obviously. And I uh, hope that you are comfortable uh, in a safe bunker uh, someplace. Uh, I'm here on the patio uh, with Paul and uh, Dan. Uh, last week, uh, when we did this, I did it in my office, and I felt like I was uh, trying to teach in a phone. Uh, so this is a whole lot more comfortable. I would call this somewhere between uh, our normal setting at Ceasefire uh, and Deer Camp. Uh, so we've kind of made uh, a, a mid-road um, uh, adjustment, and we're outside. Uh, it's beautiful in uh, Fairhope. Uh, we're practicing uh, social distancing. Um, and uh, trying to uh, have some uh, fellowship together um, as well as uh, practice uh, the safety that we all need to during this uh, incredible uh, time in our world. This morning, um, I'm glad you've tuned in and um, I want you to uh, listen to a song uh, that I trust will open your heart uh, to what God has for us uh, this morning. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, we need to be in a place uh, to where um, we're anchored in hope. Can't live without hope. And I've stumbled onto a song by Phil Lipham, uh, When My Heart Is Torn. And uh, just to uh, um, highlight just the first verse in, in the chorus, um, again, these notes uh, are all uh, available to you. You can uh, download them. Uh, they're off the website. And... Um, uh, and uh, print them out. But um, if you're following there on your notes, uh, the words to the song, when my heart is torn asunder and my world just falls apart, Lord, you put me back together and lift me up to where you are. And then each chorus uh, begins with this line, there is hope beyond the suffering. There is hope beyond the suffering. There is hope beyond the suffering. I have no doubt um, that these days are temporary, uh, that we're all going to get through this. Uh, we have no idea how long this is going to last, uh, but we certainly need hope, and our hope is always in the Lord. May you hear the voice of God as we play this song.
Can you hear me? Do we have sound? We do have sound. All right, I'm going to continue. All right, guys, uh, this is uh, live and in person uh, on the patio. So uh, be on the alert. Stand firm in your face, especially during these days. Act like men and be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16:13. Uh, guys, we're living in uh, incredible days, and uh, what uh, appropriate. Um, topic that we have started in January that we're continuing this morning with our series Into the Wilderness. Uh, so grab your notes if you have them there and follow along with me and let me read the introductory paragraph. Into the Wilderness, understanding and embracing the dark times of your life. Words translated as wilderness occur nearly 300 times in the Bible. Wilderness seasons are brutal, but God is powerfully at work in the wilderness seasons of our lives. The only question is, do we have eyes to see it? In order for God to give us the choice whether or not to trust him, he must present us with a moment of crisis. And since he wants us to seek help from him, he brings us through the wilderness to remove all other help first. And I would just emphasize, he brings us through the wilderness. This is a process. This is a journey. This is not the end of our lives. When we're in a wilderness season, it's easy to lose sight of God's protection, provision, and preparation. We might even wonder, how can I trust God's goodness when I'm in this desolate place? But remember Jesus. He went through the ultimate wilderness, the desolation and humiliation of dying under the curse of God. If that is the measure of God's love and commitment to us, we can trust him in our own wilderness seasons. Let's journey together, especially today, especially during these times. What we want to look at this morning is just a piece of uh, uh, this whole series. Is uh, I want to offer you six guidelines for the wilderness. Um, kind of taking um, you know the example of the children of Israel, uh, their days in the wilderness, and looking and uh, seeing what kind of application. Um, that we can bring uh, to our own lives. So before we begin that, I've got three questions for you. So pick up your pen. Let's do a little journaling, as we always do. And I want you to consider three questions. Um, first of all, what are you doing to take care of you and yours during this worldwide crisis? I just want you to be specific, concrete about that. What, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, I would assume and I would hope that most of us are working from home. Uh, you're practicing social distancing. Um, but this is a time to be creative. Um, I've had so many people that I've talked to uh, that have actually said, uh, you know, among the challenges and the stresses, it's really increased our family time. Uh, we're eating together. Or we're being together. Uh, so acknowledge that. Uh, again, this whole idea of journaling uh, that we've uh, talked about for years is the idea of being concrete, intentional, deliberate. Name it. Um, I don't want to say claim it. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, but name it and, and be specific and be aware. Um, so acknowledge that. Take just a minute. 
And then I would invite you just as a second question, just to respond to what challenge, what is particularly challenging about being at home for you? I feel like I've been trapped at the sorority house this week. <laughs> uh, Audrey is here, Carla's here. Of course, you know, I've, I've lived in the sorority house, uh, you know, for the last 30 years or so. Uh, so it's nothing new. I'm just getting a, a higher concentration uh, of what I've been used to for a long time. But uh, certainly uh, wonderful to have Audrey with us from Dallas. She's the counselor, as many of you know, and, and she joined us in, uh, um, um, here in Fairhope. And then Abigail is still in uh, Dallas. But uh, what's particularly challenging to you? Acknowledge that. Just be honest about that. And then uh, thirdly is, is a question that we've asked every week during this series, and this, this may be the easiest question you've ever had in your whole life. Who do you know that is in the wilderness now? <laughs> and, of course, the answer to that is we all are. Uh, this is amazing, an unprecedented time that the whole world is going through um, a very similar wilderness experience. Um, I mean, I, I, I just have to chuckle when I step back and really consider honestly what God is up to, uh, because he's in control of this. He is definitely working, um, his, uh, uh, drama, his story, and we get to be a part of it. Um, we're all in the wilderness. We've never been more together, um, as a world in my lifetime. Uh, this is the most uh, incredible uh, time in my life, and I think all of us uh, that are baby boomers would, would agree. I talked to my 92-year-old uh, dad Sunday morning, as I always do. I said, Papa, I said, it wasn't even like this during World War II, was it? He said, no. He said, you know, we at least had, everything was rationed, um, and we had a hard time getting some stuff, but we could move around, and we weren't confined to our homes and all this, so... Uh, you know, even my 90-year-old dad would uh, concur that these are unique days, for sure. So, um, six guidelines. And uh, this is our, our notes from last week. And uh, we'll, we'll turn over the pad. And, um, Jeff, are, are you throwing the uh, outline uh, up on the screen uh, for the guys? Okay, I... I didn't know if we had that available to them or not. So as I go through uh, our session today and, and, um, and you have your notes printed out, you'll be able to see the outline uh, as always. I wasn't sure if that was available to you uh, or not. Six guidelines. So, um, again, I'm uh, holding my phone uh, here. And uh, I see that I've got a pen that's about out. Uh, and if you'd reach in my briefcase over there and see if you can find one of these Sharpies for me, please. Always good to have Vanna in the room, even though his name is Dan. So good to have an assistant. Um, the first guideline uh, that I would just offer you is a big one like this. Um, first guideline in journeying through the wilderness, first of all, is no complaining. Um, man, you know, um, 
being blaming, critical, naggy, is just miserable. And it's childish, it's regressive behavior. All complaining must stop. I would, I would sit down at your dinner table um, um, and as you're sitting there, get everybody in, the three-year-olds, uh, help them understand what complaining is, to the 30-year-olds. Uh, but that is miserable. And because I'm holding my phone uh, today, um, I'm not, I'm not going to open up uh, Scripture because it's hard for me to uh, turn the pages, but the Scripture's on the back of your notes again. But Exodus 17, uh, 1 through 7, um, is the children of Israel just in the midst of their complaining? Let me just read that passage, and, and I think Jeff's going to throw it up on the screen as well so you can follow it, um, as we always do. Exodus 17, out of the message. Directed by God, the whole company of Israel moved on by stages from the wilderness of sin. They set camp at Rephidim, and there wasn't a drop of water for the people to drink. So they trusted God and they worshiped. Wouldn't that be good? You know, it's not how the passage reads. Next verse, the people took Moses to task. Give us water to drink. But Moses said, why pester me? Why are you testing God? But the people were thirsty for water there. And they complained, they complained, they complained to Moses. And evidently, it was so intense. Listen to the rest of this. Go out ahead of the people, taking with you some of the elders to Israel. Take the staff you used to strike the Nile and go. I'm going to be present before you there on the rock at Horeb. You are to strike the rock. Water will gush out of it and people will drink as Moses cried out to God. Um, the people were threatening Moses with his very life. They were so intent on getting what they wanted that there was no trust there. There was just complaining, moaning. Proverbs uh, 18, verse 20 and 21, and Jeff, throw that up there. Again, even in the message, verse 21 says, Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. In your study Bible, that passage actually reads, uh, both life and death is in the power of the tongue. Guys, you can make life miserable for yourself and all those around you by what comes out of your mouth. I sat with a couple, and of course I'm doing all my counseling to pretty much uh, um, uh, uh, telehealth, and um, I had a great video session with a couple that I love dearly, and uh, the wife was... Uh, just sharing how much her husband was leading the family and how he was doing it empathically and much more people-oriented than he normally is. He can be very task-oriented and he can be a task master. And he was leading uh, their little family with great sensitivity to people. No complaining, no harshness, respectful of one another. So if we're going to do this journey well, uh, it's critical that we do it with no complaint. Second piece that I would just offer you that I think uh, Scripture models for us is to practice 
um, gratitude and worship. To practice gratitude and worship. When we speak out or make positive affirmations about God, even when we don't fully believe them at the time, we're saying them and we can begin to revitalize our faith um, in him. Deuteronomy 31, uh, God tells Moses to begin uh, hymnology. Uh, this is the first hymn. Uh, Psalm uh, 31, God uh, is the beginning of, of, of the hymn where God tells Moses to write this song down and teach the people to sing this song. And in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, uh, most all of that chapter is simply that hymn. It's the first hymn. And it details in the song all the things that God has done for the Israelites. And he wants them to know that song. And so then over in, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, it says this, uh, in verse 19, But for right now, copy down the song, and teach the people of Israel to sing it by heart. They'll have it then as, as my witness against them. When I bring them into the land that I promised to their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey, and they eat and become full and get fat, and then uh, begin fooling around with other gods and worshiping them, and then things start falling apart, many terrible things happening, this song, this song, this song will be there with them as a witness to who they are and what went wrong. The children won't forget this song. They'll be singing it. Don't think I don't know what they're already scheming to do, and they're not even in the land yet, this land I promised them. God directs Moses to teach them this song, and that this song would keep them anchored in hope. Just like the song that we played earlier, uh, Moses taught them the song. Guys, I would say, just in contrast to that, is watching the news all day. Uh, it's like, I, I sat with a young guy, and I think I actually mentioned this uh, last week, sat with this young guy, and he was having panic attacks, and he was having hives break out on his body. I said, dude, I said, cut the, the news off. Stop watching the news. Get out, get some air, and listen to music. Guys, I'm telling you, uh, this time that we're living in, it's critical that we practice gratitude and worship because we've got so much distraction. And all of us are feeling anxiety and, and fear. I had a conversation with Abigail from Dallas, and she was, you know, scared. And we're all having that. I, You know, I'm, I'm like addicted to my calendar. I, I love planning. I mean, I'm, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, so I'm always looking out at the, at the next adventure. And, you know, none of us know what's going to happen for Easter, Memorial Day, uh, summer trips, uh, whatever. But practicing gratitude is absolutely critical. Number two. So, um, number three, and this is so important, uh, number three is to avoid triggers um, regarding addiction. 
boy, what a vulnerable time we all have to fall into addiction. The children of Israel, they were given food uh, by um, God, manna. And they got to a point to where they got tired of the manna and they started um, ruminating about the good food, the fish, and other food that they had back in Egypt. And it's like they got so connected back to Egypt that they even had Aaron mold an uh, idol, a golden calf, while Moses was up on the mountain. Now again, that golden calf was born out of desires gone wild. We all have desires uh, for comfort. And if we take that in our own hands, I would assume nobody's going to have a golden calf sitting in your front yard. But there are going to be idols that you and I as men um, struggle with, whether that be uh, moving back into pornography, uh, moving back into overeating, eating cheese pizzas at 2 a.m. in the morning, um, uh, drugs, sex, and rock and roll, you know? Whatever it is, uh, boy, we are so vulnerable at this time of need and uncertainty in going in uh, to our old habits and old addiction. Tim Keller uh, says it well. Of course, uh, idols is the Bible word for addiction. We, we just call it addiction, um, addicted to meeting our own needs, uh, addicted to the illusion uh, that we can control uh, our life, addicted to covering up our real feelings and living on the surface. I mean, that's what addiction is, and, and the Bible calls it idols. Tim Keller says this um, in his book from uh, Counterfeit Gods, quote, something we cannot live without. It is anything more important than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, Anything that you seek to give you what only God can give, a counterfeit God is anything so central and essential to your life that should you lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. Um, sad, sad story. I, I worked with a guy a couple of years ago. He went through treatment, came out of treatment. 30 days later, he was drinking again. And... Um, he just couldn't live without the addiction, and I heard um, just in, in the last uh, couple of weeks that he died. He went back to the addiction, and the doctor told him, if you go back to drinking, you will die. And that's what happened. Keller continues, if we look to some created thing to give us the meaning, hope, and happiness that only God himself can give, it will eventually fail to deliver and break our hearts. As I've always said, it's like trying to run a marathon in a cul-de-sac. You know, um, start out pretty good, but eventually you hit that house and uh, you're toast. And that's what addiction does. This is a critical time not to move back into our idols or our old addictions. Journey on. The um, fourth... Um, is to move forward. Move forward. 
Um, act like a man. Initiate. 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 What is the next best thing that you can do? God kept telling him, the children of Israel, to move forward. Um, and yet, it took them 40 years to do what would have normally been an 11-day journey. You know, as we said before, when they crossed the Red Sea, the Israelites could have gone right up the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. And that would have been an 11-day journey. What would have been an 11-day journey turned into 40 years uh, because they couldn't move forward in their dependence on God. I want to show you uh, a clip out of Band of Brothers. We've been using uh, the Band of Brothers uh, series as kind of our metaphor, our case study. Those guys were fighting a real battle. We are fighting a real battle. Now, there's not any talking for the most part in this clip, but there is action in this that I think is a good teaching tool for us. So watch this. This scene is called The Charge. I think there, we have a lot to learn through this clip. See it as the voice of God. Oh, 
Поднимись наверх, корректируй огонь. Resources that we need to connect to 
And in order to move forward, you may need help. Don't be afraid to ask for help even during these times. So move forward. So, number five. Um, and, and this is a little bit more of a challenge, obviously. But it's, as we talk about over and over, stay connected. Stay connected. This is so much of what um, God kept telling the Israelites, that they had to stay together. And yet there was factions that were fighting, bickering, we can all get caught up in a downward spiral by remaining isolated, which simply accentuates our problem further. Now, again, you can't go to the coffee shop. We can't even go to a men's roundtable. Um, but my goodness, this medium that we're even using now um, in Zoom and FaceTime and um, just your phone, make a phone call, as we always say. It is critical, guys, that during this time, that um, we are not isolated because once again, if you get isolated and you're depending on uh, yourself to get through this, um, those addictions will come back. Uh, Second Corinthians um, chapter one, um, and I'll just read um, verse three. All praise to the God and Father of our Master Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. And on, on in, in, in verse 4 and, and, and 5, it says that he puts us in contact with those who have gone through similar challenges. And um, I guarantee, guys, everybody is experiencing anxiety and some degree of fear. Don't underestimate what a phone call that you might make to a brother, to a family member, could do to encourage them. Everybody have some degree of anxiety and fear during this time because it's just uncertain. Everybody's life um, has been affected by this. Don't underestimate how connecting to someone could be an encouragement, especially our older uh, brothers and uh, sisters, our, our, our friends, our, our family. So number six, finally, is Remember, remember, God is in this. As we talk about it, uh, deer camp, fish camp, um, zakar, the remembering one, Hebrew word uh, for remembering. Uh, the greatest enemy, um, or the greatest tool in the enemy's hands, is us forgetting. We forget um, who we belong to, where we're headed. Even First uh, Corinthians chapter ten draws us back to that passage in Exodus that we read earlier. They all ate and drank identical food and drank meals provided by God. They drank from the rock, and God's fountain for them that stayed with them wherever they went, and the rock was Christ. Isn't it amazing that that meant that it. Um, uh, experience in the wilderness was simply a movie clip, if you will, that was previewing coming attractions of Jesus. That when Moses struck that rock in order for water to come forth, 
he was really giving them a picture of the living water that Christ provides. And I, I guarantee, guys, all of these circumstances that we're going through are intended somehow to draw us to God. This is a great opportunity. Man, I mean, there's going to be time, you know, in three months or six months or nine months, we're all going to wish that we could go back to the bunker because life's going to speed back up. This will make the most of the time. So I trust our, our time um, has been helpful this morning. Six guidelines to get through the wilderness these days. No complaining. Practice gratitude and worship. Avoid uh, triggers to your addiction. Move forward. Stay connected. And remember, God is in this. Let me close in prayer. Father, we're grateful that you've given us this time together, even through this medium. Continue to uh, uh, keep us safe and healthy. Uh, and give us wisdom in how to handle these days. We love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. That was definitely an exercise of, of using what you got to make it work. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs>